Since the year of 880 and the crowning of Charlemagne, the church ruled over the thrones. This was the start of the Holy Roman Empire. As the Roman Empire fell, the Holy Roman Empire took its place. On August the 15th, 1769, Marie and Carlo gave birth to a little boy. Little did Marie and Carlo know their tiny baby would grow up to rule France and destroy the Holy Roman Empire. Welcome back to the Church History Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Lee Siemens. Here in Ontario, fall has started, and I hope you are resting in God's peace. I want to remind you that I'm working on turning this podcast into a book series. My first book, The Church is Born, is available now for purchase, and you can find the link to that in the show notes. It covers the first 300 years of the church. In this season, we're talking about the church being on a mission, spreading the good news of Jesus Christ throughout the world. Today, we're going to talk about some of the things that were happening during this time period and how the world was changing. There are two episodes you should listen to along with this episode. All the way back in 2019, on October the 2nd, I released the episode on Charlemagne. This was the first time the church crowned the king, and it was the start of the Holy Roman Empire. The other episode I would recommend you listening to is the episode on the French Revolution. I will put links to both of those in the show notes. All right, are you ready for today's episode? August the 15th, 1769. In the ancestral home called Casa Bonaparte, Marie gave birth to a little boy. His father, Carlo, held his son for the first time, and the couple named their son Napoleon. Marie and Carlo already had three children and would later have six more. The Bonaparte family was an Italian family, and the year Napoleon was born, the Italian state where they lived seceded, and the family homeland became part of France. It was a year later when Napoleon was just one years old that his homeland officially became a province of France. Marie and Carlo were part of a resistance. They were fighting against France and trying to keep their homeland independent of France. But they failed. Little did they know that their little baby would one day rule France. That would have seemed impossible to this couple. Carlo was an attorney, and he eventually became a representation of the court. And at the time, King Louis XVI was on the throne. France at this time was the most powerful nation in the world. It was France and England that were battling for supremacy as world power leader. Since the year of 800 AD and the crowning of Charlemagne, the church ruled over the thrones. This was the start of the Holy Roman Empire. As the Roman Empire fell, it was the Holy Roman Empire that took its place. Little did Marie and Carlo know their tiny baby would grow up to rule France and destroy the Holy Roman Empire. Napoleon was a spunky toddler and child. His mother was very strict with him, but it seemed that every boundary she put up for him, he found a way to tear it down. Because of this, Marie was a very firm mother and disciplined Napoleon often. Later in life, Napoleon would say that it was his mother's strict guidance that made him into the man that he was. At the age of nine, Napoleon was sent to a religious boarding school. But after just five months in the school, 
he was transferred to a military academy. Napoleon spoke often about his homeland and the fight to gain independence from France. He spoke Italian instead of French and was vocal in his opposition to France. After a year at the boarding school, he reluctantly began to learn French. He was 10 years old. Although Napoleon did eventually learn to speak French quite well, he never accepted it as his language, and he never did learn how to spell French words correctly. This may seem strange, knowing what we know now about Napoleon, but at the time, France had a population of around 28 million, and only about 3 million of them could read, speak, and write in French. As a teenager, Napoleon had a difficult time. He was in a French military school, but he didn't like France. He was also shorter than the other boys, and so he was picked on often. Here, let's take a little break to talk about a myth. While Napoleon was short as a teenager, he was not extremely short as an adult. By the time he was an adult, he was just under six feet. So while he was not a tall man, he wasn't an extremely short man either. The myth comes from two things. One, he was short as a teenager, and that did cause him some pain. But also, most of what we in English-speaking countries know about him comes from propaganda pieces of artwork that were put out by the English who were at war with him. Because Napoleon didn't have many friends in school, he spent his time studying and became very educated. He especially became fascinated with math, history, and geography. He believed he would become a writer, and he even wrote one book. He also took up the hobby of being a sailor. One of the men Napoleon studied and admired was Alexander the Great. He learned everything about him, and how Alexander the Great had almost conquered the entire world. During this time in America, on July 4, 1776, the colonies declared independence. On September the 3rd, 1783, the War of Independence officially ended. France had sided with the Americans and against England. One year later, Napoleon graduated and joined the military in Paris. He was an artillery officer. Then tragedy struck. His father, Carl, died. The military school usually took two years to finish, but Napoleon finished it in just one year. He graduated October 28, 1785, with the rank of a second lieutenant in the artillery. One month later, on November the 3rd, Napoleon was stationed in Valence. Two years later, in 1787, the French Revolution officially started. We talked about the French Revolution in a past episode. The French Revolution started because France was divided into three groups called estates. The clergy were on the top, then came the nobility, and then came everyone else. The bottom rung was made up of 98% of the population. Each of the three groups had one vote when making choices, so the church and nobility would always vote together, meaning that 98% of the population had no say in how life worked in France. Because of this, the people saw both the nobility and the church as the enemy. The Enlightenment was growing, and atheism was becoming a trend. People didn't want the church in France anymore. While other countries had fights between Catholicism and Protestants, France had its argument between atheism and the church as a whole. During the start of the revolution, Napoleon was sent to Valence. 
to serve in the military. Napoleon requested to serve in his hometown, since he still believed they should be free from France. When Napoleon arrived, he found a three-way struggle that was happening. There were the royalists who supported the king, the revolutionaries who were part of the French Revolution, and the nationalists who wanted the area to be independent of France. While Napoleon had spent his entire life being part of the nationalist and the independent group, he found himself supporting the Jacobsons. The Jacobins were a pro-French Republican group. They were called the Friends of Freedom and Equality. His homeland continued to fight for freedom and looked for help from England. Because Napoleon had become a supporter of the revolution and a supporter of the Jacobins, his family had to flee the homeland. He was seen as a supporter of France. In 1789, at the height of the French Revolution, on July 14th, a mob in Paris stormed the Bastille. A few men climbed a wall, lowered the drawbridge, allowing the mob to enter the courtyard. The soldiers were ordered to shoot and kill. One soldier was killed, and over 100 men in the mob were killed. Things looked pretty hopeless for the mob, and then the French guards showed up. The French guards, however, were sympathetic to the revolutionaries, so they refused to help. The governor realized the French guards were not going to help him, so he surrendered. The mob took the governor, led him through the streets, then cut off his head, put it on a spike. They then marched around the city with his head on a spike. They also captured soldiers who were loyal to the throne, and they cut off their heads too. This was the start of beheading of many people. After that day, the mob set up their own city government, their own militia, and by August, the National Assembly had ended the nobility's feudal privileges. They set up the Declaration of the Rights of Men of the Citizens. On October 1789, King Louis XVI was made a prisoner. During this time, Napoleon was working in Paris. He watched as the palace was stormed by the French revolutionary mob. He watched as the king was dethroned. The country would never be the same. One year later, in December 22, 1793, Napoleon was promoted after he won a very important battle. Are you enjoying this podcast? Do you want to support this podcast? Well, pour yourself a cup of coffee and imagine waking up each morning with a reminder from our church fathers. Check out our Etsy page where you can find mugs with quotes from great men and women of God. You'll find a link in the show notes. And now, back to our episode. People were not happy with the revolutionary anymore. The man running things was named Robespierre. He had started what was called the Cult of the Supreme Being. Instead of worshipping God, people were worshipping reason. However, it was starting to become clear that Robespierre wanted people to worship him. Robespierre had set up the worship of reason in the Notre Dame. The mob had beheaded all the statues in the Notre Dame, believing that they were statues of French kings. They were actually statues of the kings of the Old Testament. Robespierre walked around in the Notre Dame dressed in all white, like a god. Eventually, the mob beheaded Robespierre as well. Eight months after Napoleon's promotion, on August 9, 1794, Napoleon was suspected of being a Jacobin, and he was arrested and put into prison. He was set free a few weeks later, on August the 20th. 
A year later, Napoleon was promoted again to general. He was assigned the impossible task of ending what they called a civil strife. We know it as the French Revolution. Napoleon continued in the military. He became a commander and won a lot of battles and eventually got married. In December of 1797, he returned to Paris, and he was a French hero. Everybody loved him. And that was a hard task when you're in the middle of a French Revolution. He continued to make military headway. He worked with Egypt. Alexandria fell, then Cairo. In 1799, Napoleon returned to France. By this time, the people had come to see that the atheistic mobs were worse than the church and the nobility, and the people missed going to church. They wanted the church back, but they also wanted to be represented, and they didn't want to have the church controlling their lives. By this point, 17,000 people had been officially executed, 10,000 people had died in prison, and 25,000 people had been executed by mobs. Some people put the number as high as 400,000 dead. The Pope at the time was Pope Pius VII. Napoleon was not friends with Pius VII. For starters, as a general, he had attacked the Papal States and took some of them under French rule. The Pope had been paying attention to what was happening in the world. The United States of America had fought a revolution to become independent. The French Revolution was trying to become independent from the Church. The Pope gave a sermon, saying there was no conflict between democracy and Christianity. This was shocking. The Church had always taken the stand that God raised up leaders, so the sons or daughters born to the nobility were placed there by God. To overthrow a throne was to overthrow God's plan. So, for Pope Pius VII to say you could fight for democracy and still be a Christian was huge. It was also a way for France to welcome back the church and still have some form of democracy. Napoleon saw this as a very important. He believed that the church needed to be brought back to France in order to restore much-needed order. On February the 19th, in the year 1800, Napoleon moved into the palace. He then tried to convince the Pope to take France's side against England. When the Pope refused, Napoleon led his army across the Alps and attacked Italy. In five months, Napoleon had taken more papal states. He won a battle in Austria. He signed a treaty with Austria. He was the hero of France overnight. He set up a French education system and set up a new constitution for France. On August the 4th, 1802, Napoleon made himself the first council for life. He considered himself an emperor. He was finally following in the steps of Alexander the Great, his hero. Napoleon tried to work with Egypt. Islam and the church were still at war. Although not fighting war, there was no peace. Napoleon thought he could end that. He tried to convince Egypt that he was interested in converting to Islam. He wore a turban and baggy pants. However, his men mocked him until he eventually put his French clothing back on. Egypt never saw Napoleon as a Muslim, and they declared a jihad against Napoleon. So Napoleon went to war against them. France was in need of money, so on May the 3rd, 1803, Napoleon sold the Louisiana Territory to the United States. This gave France much-needed money. The other problem Napoleon had to solve was the problem of the church. 
Napoleon had been raised Catholic and baptized Catholic as a baby, but he didn't have any connection to the church. But he knew that the church gave order to the people, and the church could also cause problems, though, if they wanted to control the government. So Napoleon allowed the church back into France, but with conditions. These conditions were called the organic principles. These conditions meant that the church could not make any decrees without permission from the government. They were to bring spiritual guidance to the people, but have no authority over the people. There would be no more inquisitions or church taxes. The Pope was not told about these conditions until after the law was passed. When Pope Pius VII tried to negotiate the conditions, Napoleon refused to meet with him. This pleased the people, but did not please the Pope. On May 18, 1804, the Senate proclaimed Napoleon Emperor. Napoleon began to prepare for his coordination as emperor, and he invited the Pope. This, of course, was not surprising, since the Pope had crowned every European king since Charlemagne in 800 AD. Napoleon wanted to wear Charlemagne's crown. However, he was not given the crown to wear, so he created a new crown to look exactly like Charlemagne's crown. December 2, 1804, Napoleon was crowned. However, Unlike Charlemagne, who was the first king crowned by the Pope, Napoleon crowned himself emperor in the Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. The Pope thought he was coming to do the crowning. However, he was invited to sit and watch with everyone else. This was a defining moment in history. The church was no longer controlling the thrones. Then, in March 17, 1805, just a year later, Napoleon was crowned king of Italy in Milan. He continued battle after battle. He defeated the British under the command of Admiral Nelson. He won the battle against Austria and Russia. He began to appoint his family members to important posts, including making his brother the King of Naples. In June 14, 1807, Napoleon defeated the Russians at the Battle of Friedland. A month later, in July, Russia made a peace treaty with him. And two weeks later, Napoleon took over what is today Poland. Three months later in November, he took over Portugal. And then three months later in February, he started to take over Spain. By June 4, 1808, Napoleon named Joseph Bonaparte as the new king of Spain and the king of Naples. At this point, Napoleon realized that his wife was not going to give him a child. He also had over 20 concubines and none of them had given him a child either. He divorced his wife and married a young girl named Marie Louise of Austria. She was a relative of Marie Antoinette. This gave him an alliance with Austria, and also ten months later, it gave him a son. March 20, 1811, Napoleon's son was born, and he referred to him as the King of Rome. Russia was not happy with the alliance with Austria or with the marriage, and soon a war started between Russia and France. On September the 14th, 1812, the French army entered Moscow. However, the people had abandoned Moscow and burned down the city, and the military was forced to fight in the winter with no shelter, and France lost. Then, a year later, on March 17th, in the year 1813, Prussia declared war on France. In June 21st, in 1813, the French lost a battle in Spain. Then, in January of 1814, 
an anti-French coalition entered France and attacked, and in three months Paris was taken, and the Senate declared the empire was over. Napoleon's wife and young son had to flee Paris. His son was two years old. And just one month later, Napoleon was no longer the ruler. The throne was given to King Louis XVIII. Napoleon was exiled, and things looked hopeless. But after just one year, on March the 1st, 1815, Napoleon escaped and returned to South France. Within just six days, he took control of the army again. King Louis XVIII fled, and Napoleon was back in control. On June 18, 1815, Napoleon was back on the throne and went to war against England. But he was defeated in the Battle of Waterloo by the British and the Prussians. Napoleon was hoping that he would be sent to America to live, but instead he was sent to St. Helena. He lived there until his death on March the 5th, 1821. The Holy Roman Empire had started with the coronation of Charlemagne in the year 800. The Holy Roman Empire had been the world power. Napoleon ended that. The life of Napoleon changed the shape of the world. Next week, we'll return to more stories of church history. In the meantime, don't forget to check out my book, The Church is Born, telling the story of the first 300 years of the church. You can also check out my other podcasts and blogs and videos at lauraleesiemens.com. 